What is up, Janksters? It's your boy Graham, also known as HamHawks42 on the internet, and this is another edition of the Overthinking MTG podcast, where we take a look at a specific card and talk about it for a little while. And we've been do doing a whole run of the Streets of New Capenna spoilers, because this set looks fantastic. And today is no exception. We have a great addition to the Ascendancy cycle, this time with Riveteer's Ascendancy. It is black, red, green for an enchantment that says, whenever you sacrifice a creature, you may return target creature card with lesser mana value from your grave graveyard to the battlefield tapped do this only once each turn now this is a three drop enchantment that does nothing when it first drops on the field is noteworthy that said do nothing enchantments you generally want to be cheaper we see a lot of these with cards like hollowed haunting that are at four where they drop and they don't do anything the turn they come into play and then they give you value later you know we've also seen it with cards like moldervine reclamation and older sets and those types of things so in this case, it being a three drop, I think is very, very meaningful. That's actually makes it a lot more, a lot easier to cast, a lot more flexible. It slots into your mana curve a little bit earlier at a time when you can afford to take a couple hits from aggro decks and afford to take a couple of, uh, you know, you don't need to necessarily be establishing a board presence if you're not in an aggro strategy. And there was already a Riveteer deck that I was really looking forward to building uh, prior to this card being spoiled. And I want to talk about it a little bit because I think Riveteer's Ascendancy fits into it perfectly. So let's take a look at what Riveteer's Ascendancy is trying to do. So what you want to do is you want to be sacrificing creatures. It's not whenever a creature dies. So it has to be sacrificed. Uh, it can be on any turn, notably. But And then you return a creature card from your graveyard to the battlefield if the creature in your graveyard has lesser mana value than the sacrificed creature. So we need to be sacrificing creatures with a relatively high mana value. You know, Deadly Dispute Shambling Gas isn't really going to get you there this time around. Um, that said, if you're sacrificing cards like a Felistinger to a Shambling, or to a Deadly Dispute, you can get your Shambling Gas back. All right, that's not nothing, but it's something. But where I, this card, I think, is really going to shine is going to be in decks that, that, that leverage large larger creatures that can be sacrificed and this actually fits really really nicely with Zia Tora the the guild leader or the family head of the Riveteers that is a 6-6 six, six flying dragon for six it says whenever you sacrifice or at the end of your turn you may sacrifice a creature if you do Zia Tora basically flings uh deals damage equal to the power of the sacrificed creature to any target and you create three treasure token uh, three, three treasure tokens. So Zeotora works really, really well with this because you can sacrifice a fairly large creature, dome your opponent for a high amount, or remove their biggest threat off the board, get three treasure tokens, and then you get another creature back out of your graveyard. So that's fantastic. Black also has a ton of graveyard filling stuff going on in this set. So that's something to keep to keep in mind. The, the deck that I plan on building specifically with Zeotora as the top end involves a lot of the Kamigawa dragons because they are high relatively high mana value creatures that fit nicely on a on curve um, that you can sacrifice for value and then they can resurrect each other really, really nicely. So imagine this, Riveteer's Ascendancy on three at Sushi, the Blazing Sky on four into Junji on five. You sacrifice Junji, you, or you sacrifice uh, at Sushi first, some kind of effect. Then you get Zeotora down on six. Now this is kind of Magical Christmas Land, but just go with me on this. Zeotora gets down on six, at Sushi's in your graveyard, you use Zeotora, sack Junji, hit your opponent, force him to discard two cards, and they lose some life. You then get Atsushi back. It enters the battlefield tapped because of Riveteer's Ascendancy. You get a ton of treasure tokens lying around. You untap with Atsushi and uh, just Bob's your uncle. You're in good shape. So you basically trade Junji for Atsushi. You get all the benefits of all those death triggers and you just you downgrade one one card. That ain't bad. You got a three drop or a two drop line in your graveyard. You sacrifice Atsushi the next turn, get even more treasure tokens, do even more shenanigans. Like... 
this allows for some really cool loops. This are, this allows you to be sacrificing things for value that are higher on the mana curve and give you smaller things back. Now, there are a couple of criticisms against this card. The, for one, the creature has to be sacrificed. It can't be destroyed, so that's notable. You don't just get a free thing every time your opponent blows up one of your things, uh, one of your creators, which uh, critters rather, which is kind of a bummer. But if you have instant speed ways of sacrificing stuff, dockside, uh, dockside chef, or deadly disputes, you'll be fine. Um, and deadly dispute fits within a treasure deck anyway. The card's fantastic. It's a two dollar common for a reason. Um, so yeah, so that fits nicely into those that style of deck anyway. Um, the other thing that's really a bummer about this is the creature comes back into play tapped. So you can't sacrifice, so you can't attack with one creature and then sacrifice that creature to bring a blocker out of your graveyard, which would be really cool. Being able to do that at instant speed could really throw off your opponent. And they didn't want to give us that value on a three drop for some reason. Kind of a bummer because that'd be really cool if you could do it. But alas, here we are. Um, it, it, I think the ability to recur enter the battlefield triggers and death triggers by looping creatures out of your graveyard is good enough to make this card worthwhile um the the other fact that you can only do it once each turn is is geared to i believe prevent infinite loops with this which could potentially be possible when paired with other cards so usually when you see do this only once each turn it's to prevent infinite loops that's usually what that text is there for and in this case it's gonna work uh yeah but on a three drop in uh, the Riveteer's colors, I think this is very meaningful. Also, notably, the Riveteer mechanic of the set is Dash. With Dash, um, you actually put a card onto the battlefield, it gains haste, you get to do whatever you want with it, and then you have to sacrifice it at the end of the turn. So if you dash in a creature, you could then sacrifice it at the end of the turn, and you can pull something back out from your graveyard. In the case of Jaxus, the Troublemaker, a tr Troublemaker, is that the word? Anyway, it's a mana cost four creature, or mana value for a creature, but you can dash it in for two. So as a result, you pay two, drop it into play, get to do stuff, potentially create another copy of a thing, sacrifice Jaxus at the end of the turn, draw a card for the dash, and then you can pull a three drop or less from your graveyard back onto the battlefield. That's pretty rad. Also in the case of Jaxus, as well as Kiki Jiki, the Fable of the Mirror Breaker, you create token copies of existing cards that you have to sacrifice at the end of turn. In that case, the token copy retains the mana value of the creature that is copied. And so you can actually create a token copy of a five drop and use it to pull a four drop out of your graveyard. So that re can create some very intense, very powerful uh, situations, especially in formats like Alchemy, where you have access to City Soccer Connoisseur, um, which is already fantastic with Kiki Jiki. So additional value on top of that in Jund is huge, frankly. And I think Riveteer's Ascendancy has some potential to really get there. Uh, it's just good. Like, I think this card is just good as a build around. Now, that's that's the key. This is a build around card. This doesn't just slot into any Jun deck you're running. Um, it, it does need to be, you need to design your deck around it. You need to be sacrificing creatures. If you don't have a critical mass of sacrifice effects, this isn't going to work. Uh, it's at least not the way you want it to. And so I think a lot of those cards are going to be very important. Daily Dispute, Fell Stinger, as previously mentioned. Zia Tora fits really, really nicely into this. Dash effects, those copy effects with Jaxus and... Uh, Fable of the Mirror Breaker. That kind of stuff is really what you're going to want to build around um, this thing. Also, big creatures with uh, death triggers. Cemetery, uh, what is it? Cemetery Desecrator, by the way. Shout out to that card. It's a six drop that can basically remove your opponent's best stuff when it enters and dies. So that kind of thing could work really, really nicely in this deck too. So just throwing that out there. There's a lot of cool tech related to this card. And in older formats, you can even take advantage of cards like Terror of the Peaks um, to you know take advantage of the, entering, the stuff entering the battlefield. 
anytime you get reanimation, recurrable reanimation for three mana, even with the kind of restrictions that this has, it seems good. Like I just, I, I'm intrigued by the possibilities and I'm looking forward to building around it. If there are other cards that you would like to see uh, included in a deck alongside Riveteer's Ascendancy, I would love to hear your thoughts on it. Please leave those in the comments below. And thank you so much for tuning into the video. I appreciate you. And I will catch you on the next one.